The ubiquity of mobile electronic devices with sophisticated data storage and monitoring capacity has raised the prospect of using them in the management of chronic disease. With 81% of North American adults owning smartphones, sensors, apps, and even social media are now affecting health outcomes in patients with chronic disease. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Ida Sim, Professor of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, Director of Digital Health for the Division of General Internal Medicine, and Co-Director of Informatics and Research Innovation at UCSF's Clinical and Translational Sciences Institute. Dr. Sim has written a Frontiers in Medicine article on mobile devices and health. Dr. Sim, by way of introduction, what are the specific categories that fall under this umbrella term mobile health or M-health? Thank you, Steve. Mobile health is a relatively new term and does need to be defined for those who are not familiar with it. The way that I think about mobile health, it's the application of sensors, like wearable sensors, your Fitbit, for example, mobile apps that are on a smartphone, and the use of social media and location tracking technology, GPS technology, to obtain data that's relevant to a person's wellness or their disease state. And that can be used for diagnosing, preventing, or managing both acute and chronic illness. So what part does the FDA play in this field? Are these going to be medical devices? The notion of a medical device is evolving in really interesting ways. A device used to be a piece of hardware that collects data in the hospital, like your arterial blood gas sensor. Nowadays, hardware is often coupled with software. So the data that comes in, again, let's use a Fitbit example, there's hardware that senses your steps, and then there's software that processes that data to come up with the number of steps that you take in a day. So which part is the hardware and which part is the software, they're really joint together, fused as a unit. And the FDA is moving ahead with this notion of software as a medical device. And if you think about software, it evolves all the time. There's another version 1.1, version 2.2 that comes out, you know, sometimes on the order of weeks, whereas if you had a pill or a traditional medical device, those don't change as rapidly as software does. And so that brings really quite some challenges about how do you monitor, approve, and evaluate software as medical devices that are changing really quite rapidly. The FDA has a new program called the Pre-Certification Program that is collaborating with industry to review how to assess and evaluate and ensure the effectiveness and safety of software as a medical device. It is a evolving field. There are tremendous opportunities and tremendous responsibilities, and I think also tremendous concern about how we, in partnership with the FDA and industry and the clinical and clinical research side, can ensure that mobile health will be useful clinically for our patients. A challenge of leveraging mobile health data is the management of potentially enormous amounts of data that are generated by sensing devices. How do we prevent data saturation? How do we separate the noise from the relevant information? That's an incredibly important question. Uh, I would actually start a step before that question, which is why are we acquiring all these masses of data in the first place? Just because we have a sensor, just because we can measure it, doesn't mean we should. We don't get a CBC on everybody every day in an outpatient. We don't do an MRI scan on everybody just because we can. We have a reason to obtain data, whether that's because that informs our own clinical decision-making or because we think that information is useful for the patient. And I think we need to start thinking about that for mobile health. Why are we tracking this information? For what purpose are we tracking that information? And who needs that information? 
And if we have that more clear and articulated, then I think we can say what we need out of that data. And then we can process the data to give us the information that we need. In that context, then it isn't a question of there's so much data, I'm overloaded. The question becomes, what data do I need and what do I need it for? It's not an easier question than how do we deal with the deluge of data, but it frames it differently and it puts it back where it belongs, which is what is the clinical value of the data? And that's where we should start. So potentially as a way to increase that clinical value, we would want to integrate mobile health data into electronic health records. Where do things stand there? Again, that's an incredibly important point. And I think one of the reasons that mobile health perhaps hasn't had the impact as we might have wished to date is that it's been very difficult to integrate the data that we get from mobile health into the care process. And the benefit from mobile health in large part is going to be the insight that we gain and also the digital interventions that are possible for chronic diseases. And chronic diseases, of course, by definition, 24-7 outside of the clinic, it's where people live their lives. If the data stays out there, doesn't come back to the practicing clinician, then it's hard for us to manage chronic health together. And to date, it has been difficult to bring that data back into the electronic health record and more importantly, into the clinical workflow. There are a couple of developments that are making that integration easier. There's something called FIRE, the Fast Health Interoperability Resources Standard, which has been supported by the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT, that's promoting integration of data in a standard way, both into and out of electronic health records. And there's an additional feature of using FHIR that allows data to come into the electronic health record sort of in a floating window within your EHR so that you don't have to sign into another website to go look at data that comes from an external device. And once you have that floating window that is within the context of the patient that you're taking care of in your patient encounter, then it's much easier to integrate that data and integrate that business support into the work that you're already doing. It's like pulling up your lab results or pulling up a, you know, a note from an external provider if that's integrated to your electronic health record. So that's a promising development. We are still very, very early in it, but the pathways are there now to bring the data back into the electronic health record. So what about in the opposite direction, going from the health records out to the patients on their smartphones? There are interesting developments on that front as well. Patients are able to access electronic health record data through patient portals on many of the commercial electronic health records, but that data then just comes to the patient and doesn't go beyond that. Apple has developed an app called Apple Health, which has the ability to pull data out of the patient's electronic health record data from their healthcare institution. And well over 200 health institutions across the country now provide this capability. And so that means that in a matter of really literally seconds, you can use your iPhone and get your electronic health record data onto your smartphone and it stays on your smartphone and it's made available to other apps that are on your smartphone. And so you can imagine now that there are all these commercial apps that now have access to your electronic health record in an easy way, much, much easier than before. And this enables a new capabilities of health apps in the Apple iOS ecosystem. There is now an equivalent uh, project for the Android ecosystem called Common Health, which has just started. And so I think we're seeing this development 
where we're going to be able to have electronic health record data easily come onto patient smartphones and then easily be made available to other apps. And then, of course, from there, lots of ability to improve chronic disease and acute disease management as well. So for physicians, what are the incentives for using these mobile health devices and the data they record as part of their practice? It's still, I would say, a theoretical advantage at the moment. I think we're still thinking through what is the value of this data? How can we use this data? What do we use it for? Do we use it to support our patients and how they understand their experience of their health situation? Do we use it to help patients decide how to self-manage? Do we use it to help us decide how to manage our patients? It's all three of those. But which pieces of data in what context is helpful for each of these? I think we're still working that out. It's a new technology that we're incorporating into our care. And then separately, it is still a challenge because just logistically, you know, practically, it is difficult to use this data because of the issues of incorporating into our workflow and having to sign into a different website. And every device displays the same kind of data in a different way. Uh, Not to mention that it's not clear often how accurate the data is and whether it's clinical grade or not. And indeed, what were the algorithms that generated the data and were those algorithms biased perhaps? So without that kind of transparency, we're just not quite there yet. But of course, there's a thought that these technologies will and can certainly be very valuable for clinical care. What about the ethical considerations around the use of mobile health technology? The ethical considerations are similar to the ethical considerations throughout all of technology these days that I'm sure everyone's very aware of in terms of privacy, the kinds of inferences that can be very threatening to people's privacy. The use of these technologies in healthcare also brings questions of equity and patient autonomy. These technologies are not only expensive in some cases, but also take some level of literacy and capability to manage, to continue to use, to upgrade. Everyone's had an experience with that. And that can be a barrier. Many of the apps and devices, of course, are also in English and not available in other languages. The other concern is that there's really not much of a distinction in my mind between health data and non-health data anymore. What you buy at the store, whether you drive to work versus walk to work, all of those can be detected by your devices. We are moving into a world where our devices and our data that is up in the cloud and the cloud services, email services that we use, is going to be connected to something called the Internet of Things, which is devices and sensors that may be in your home, like your Nest thermometer sensor, for example. And all that data is being put together and inferences are being made about us Some of it's about our health, some of it's not about our health, but in the end, it's a gray area between what's health and non-health. And other actors can then use that data in ways that we as a society haven't quite figured out. What are the rights? What are the responsibilities? What are the boundaries? So healthcare, I think in particular, is going to be an area where the ethical concerns of technology are particularly deep, but it is an example of wider concerns around the use of technology and data. So you spoke about the potential danger to equity. Do you think that mobile health technology could actually help mitigate disparities in access to healthcare? Absolutely, absolutely. These are relatively low-cost technologies in the scheme of things. 
And the usage of smartphones, for example, is actually as high in lower income communities uh, and in many underserved communities as it is in other communities. So the ability to reach out, the ability to deliver care without requiring coming to a healthcare institution, for example, does increase the outreach capability. And we see examples of that, you know, in rural health and so forth. I think the other aspect, though, isn't just the technology reaching out, but the fact that the way we design the apps and the devices and the patient engagement with the technology needs to be built with different communities in mind. And this is a plug for user-centered design that we can't just design for a typical Silicon Valley audience, uh, but we really need to get into the communities and really understand how different people use technology and use data and information in their own lives, in their own situations, and how can technology help them. We need to broaden out the kind of design that we do in health technology. And if we do that, then yes, I think absolutely technology has the potential to decrease instead of increase health disparities. Finally, what do you think the next step in the integration of mobile health into chronic disease care is going to be? What's in the future? To begin to integrate this data more into chronic diseases, there are clinical questions that need to be answered. There are technological issues that need to be dealt with, such as workflow issues. There's also reimbursement issues. The Medicare Physicians Fee Service now has reimbursement for using remote monitoring in the management of chronic care. And I believe as that ability to be reimbursed for the effort, it's going to smooth the path for experiments and pilot projects that are already ongoing in many places to learn how to integrate this data into clinical care. We do need to have both the clinical, the technological, and the payment pieces together in order for us to be able to experiment, we need to experiment sort of in what in software is called the agile fashion, that we try something and it doesn't work and then we tweak it and we try it again and sort of incrementally get our way to understanding how to use this in various conditions. So there are many steps and I think it's an exciting time because I think all these pieces are now falling into place and I would hope and expect that in the next several years, there will be an inflection in the real clinical use of these mobile health data. Thank you, Dr. Sim.